Welcome church family. My name is Vicki Bumgarner and I'm a covenant member here at Providence Road. We are so glad you're worshiping with us today. By putting together this video, our hope is that although we're not gathering together in person in a building, we are still worshiping together as a church body. Whether you're watching this video at home, on your own, with your friends, or with your family. We hope you know that we love you, we miss gathering in one place together, and we are looking forward to seeing you again in person soon. If you are new with us, along with this video, you should be able to find a few additional links listed wherever you found us this morning. First, you should be able to find the digital PDF guide that allows you to follow along easily with this video. The guide also includes resources and crafts for families with kids. Feel free to pause this video as often as you need to look up scripture, pray, and open up those additional resources. There's also a second video that we have included that some of our worship leaders put together along with a PDF of lyrics so that you can sing along with us. So let's get started. This morning I'll be reading from Psalm 105 as our call to worship. Feel free to read along in your guide as I read aloud. Psalm 105 verses 1 through 3. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Next, let's move into a time of adoration. I want us to take a few moments and think about the person of Jesus. Colossians, Colossians 1 really helps us do that. So let's read it. Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Let's confess our sins together. Follow along with me in your worship guide as I read this prayer of confession. Almighty God, we acknowledge and confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Deepen within us our sorrow for the wrong we have done and the good we have left undone. Lord, you are full of compassion, grace, and mercy. You are slow to anger. There is always forgiveness with you. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. Bind up that which is broken. Give light to our minds, strength to our wills, and rest to our souls. Speak to each of us and let your word abide with us until it has wrought in us your holy will. Let us now receive the assurance of pardon for sin. Read these words from On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand together with me 
from your worship guides. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Thanks be to God. Now we want to enter into a time of prayer and intercession before the Lord. This morning, let's specifically lift up these three groups. Let's pray for those who are currently sick, for their families, especially for those who have lost loved ones. Let's pray for the medical professionals and those working in medical facilities, doctors, nurses, lab techs, cleaning crews, everyone working to keep hospitals and clinics up and running. Let's pray for the health of our city and the surrounding area, for city leadership and city workers, for businesses, especially those with essential workers serving us during this time, for our fellow churches and pastors in the area, and for school teachers and administrators, everyone keeping our city going during this time. We'll have those three groups listed on the screen so that you can pause the video, pray wherever you are, and we'll come back together in just a moment. Would you pray Psalm 70, 4 and 5 with me to close? May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. But I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Amen. He is our help and he hears us when we call out to him. And so our response to that as believers is to worship him. And one way to do that is through the giving of our tithes and offerings. And so we want to pray for people's needs, and we also want to tangibly meet people's needs. And so to do that, I want to remind you how you can give to Providence Road during this time. The easiest way is to give online, to go to provroad.org give. But if you see in your PDF guide, there's several other ways to give, and the information and the details are there. Thank you. Hi, it's good to be with you today. We're going to continue on uh, going through um, different Psalms. We started that last week and we'll continue that for the next few weeks. The Psalm we're going to look at today is Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is arguably the most popular Psalm in the whole book of Psalms. And one commentator says that it's, it's arguably the most popular, well-known poem that has ever been written in any kind of literature ever. So this is a familiar song. song. 
but with a familiar psalm comes um, some dangers. It, it can we can almost begin to read this psalm like a Hallmark card. Like, yes, we get the the sentiment behind it. We get that this is supposed to give us comfort when we read it, and at some level, um, we believe that. But what this psalm is trying to communicate and what the author David here is trying to communicate is, is this declaration of dependence and trust. He's in his prayer closet, so to speak, and he's declaring um, what he feels and thinks about who God is as his shepherd. And to give some background to this psalm, um, the original um, writer of this, this poem, this psalm, is David. He is talking to God. But we see all throughout the Gospels echo of this sheep and shepherd language in the life of Jesus as he looks to God the Father as his shepherd while he's ministering on earth. And then we now, as followers of Jesus, those who profess faith, we see Jesus as our shepherd and we are now the sheep. So you have these layers of meaning when you look at this psalm. And the first part of this psalm, it's a short psalm, just six verses, but the first four verses uh, specifically give, the, give us this imagery of sheep and shepherd. You have two characters in these verses. And then with, with a shepherd, uh, it's, a, it's a common uh, picture and, and um, label that God is given in the scriptures, that, that God is a shepherd and how he relates to human beings. Now, then you have sheep, and there's a reason why the scriptures often refer to God's people as sheep. Uh, sheep are not very smart animals, right? They're not known for their, 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 um, their smarts, right? Their intellect. They are also herd animals. They tend to follow along uh, with the rest of their fellow sheep and just kind of follow along with whatever the herd is doing. And I think there's a reason why God has chosen to, to put that label on us. There's there's um, stories, if you just look at, uh, if you do a quick Google search on, on sheep following one another, there are actual stories of sheep walking off of cliffs to their death, one after the other, whole herds of sheep going to their death. These are herd animals, and they're not very bright. And so God uses that to describe human beings. And I think it, he's just saying that we have, we could have blinders on. We don't really know what's happening on earth, so to speak. We don't even really know what's going to happen to us tomorrow. And in that way, we are like sheep. So as we read this psalm and we walk through this, I think that's the most important thing is to remember this picture of shepherd and sheep. And I think that protects us from seeing this as just a kind of cliche hallmark card. Let's look at verse one. David says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And when he says there, I shall not want, he's just saying that there's nothing that I lack. Whatever I need, uh, whatever I, I, I want, I come to you. There's this level of contentment in that moment that David has when he thinks about God being his shepherd. And we all as human beings, one of, one of our biggest issues is that we, we are discontent people. And all human beings are meant to find their contentment in God. We need things. There are things that we want. There are things that we desire. Things like love and acceptance and comfort and dignity. All of these things have been hardwired into us as human beings. And we are meant to find those things in God. 
So it's, it's okay to want things. It's okay to be discontent as long as we come to God when we are looking to be um, satisfied in something. And that's the, the first line there. It's kind of the umbrella of this psalm. I shall not want. Then in verse 2, he answers, why shall he not want? Why does he have everything he needs? David says in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Here's that sheep imagery here. Lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You have food there for sheep and you have water for sheep. So you have this, these basic physical needs that are being met. But uh, what David's also saying, he's, he's have, he has his spiritual needs met. The basics of his spiritual life with God are being met. They're being met because God is leading him to the places where he finds um, those things. Then he says, he restores my soul. When we think of this word restoration, we often think of like furniture or, or old car, something that's old or, or broken being fixed or restored back to its original design and purpose. And this is what he's saying. His, his soul deep inside of him is, is wayward or it's a little bit lost or he, he has deep needs, maybe things that, not in, in, that no one else knows about. And yet God meets him in those places and he restores his soul to the way it was in the past. And then in the end of verse 3, he says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Meaning he just he shows him the way. He leads him along. Again, shepherd and sheep. He, he takes him down the paths that are going to lead to life and to freedom and joy. Then we have verse 4, kind of a shift here. He says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So while, there, while storms come upon us all, and he doesn't just watch over us when things are good, we can't just go to him when things are good. We can go to him all the time, even when things are bad, when we walk through our valleys, when we have those, those shadow of death seasons and moments. And he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And rod and staff in scripture are tools that are often used for correction. You can imagine a, sheep, a shepherd correcting his sheep with a rod and a staff, gently moving them, keeping them on the path as they travel and as they go to different places. The shepherd also uses this rod and staff to, to defend the sheep from predators, uh, wolves, and other things like that. So the, the rod and the staff, they comfort the sheep. And notice they don't, the, 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 David says there that they say that they aren't just good for me, that they comfort him. The, these, these tools of correction comfort David. They protect him as well. Then there's this shift in verse 5. He kind of moves away from the sheep shepherd language to, to, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So in the middle of this battle, in the middle of this, this, uh, this difficult season that David is going through, he's imagining that there's this, God is also a host and he's preparing this banquet table in the middle of this battle. And he has the, he's, he's, his head's being anointed with oil and his cup overflows, meaning he's being treated like royalty. Imagine in your darkest hour, God coming to you, protecting you and giving you everything you need and setting up this, this huge banquet table full of food and everything you need. He takes care of you in the middle of the dark valley, not after you get through the dark valley or just before you get to the dark valley, but in the middle of the dark valley, God can take care of you. He is a good shepherd. And then in verse 6, this is kind of the closing of the psalm and wraps everything up. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. 
So David is reflected on the past and in his present, and then he lifts his eyes up to the future, and he knows as a shepherd follows his sheep, he knows that goodness and mercy are going to be with him for the rest of his life. And so he can look to the future with a degree of comfort and of peace and of hope, not because he knows the way, not because he's smart or he knows what's going on. Again, he's a sheep and he gets it. He's saying all of this because he's guided and led by a good shepherd. And once again, we can stand where we're at and we can, we can come to God and come to Jesus like he is our shepherd. And we can do that because of who Jesus is and what he has done. In John 10, is, there's this, this, this chapter, Jesus kind of uses this shepherd sheep language. And it's a really great chapter. I wish we could go through it today. But he says things like, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. I've died for my sheep. I laid down my life for my sheep. I come to give them a life of abundance. And Jesus is the good shepherd. And he's also a shepherd who also knows what it's like to be a sheep. He's the only shepherd that, that, that knows that. He's been a sheep before. The scriptures say he was a sheep that was led to slaughter. He knows what it's like to go through um, the valley of the shadow of death. And he actually has the power to save us and to be with us as we walk through our um, shadows of death in our life. So I don't know where you are today, but I think what this psalm is exhorting us to do is to, to come to God and to trust him. And even if there's some doubt there, we all have doubts, but come to him and to declare, um, even if you can't fully say, I, I trust God 100%, it, it, it can be a prayer. It can be, I want to trust you like, psalm, like David does in this psalm. I, I, there's oftentimes, I believe that you're a good shepherd, but help me believe that. And maybe you've never put your faith and trust in God and that, that as a good shepherd, as the, the sheep that Jesus, the sheep that has been led to the slaughter, the sheep that was the sacrifice made to God on your behalf that saved you and reconciled you to God. And you're able to call God your shepherd as a result of your faith. So if, if you want to make that decision today or you feel like God is stirring in your heart, please contact us, direct message us on Facebook or email. Uh, you can email me personally, jeremy at provro.org. We really want to be here for you and answer your questions. And I want to close with this. Um, this week, here's the homework. I want you to take Psalm 23 like we encourage you to do with Psalm 44 last week. Use this in your time with, with God. Take Psalm 23 and, and read it slowly and pray through it and put yourselves in that imagery as the sheep. You're dependent. You're, you're humble. You need help for everything spiritually. You need to be led to places and you have a good shepherd who wants to lead you into those places who you can trust and depend on. I'm gonna pray now and close us and, and kind of think through this Psalm as I pray about this. God, I thank you that this Psalm is in your word. I know for me personally, it, is, it has meant so much to me in my dark valleys where I can come to you and, and know you're the shepherd. You're the good shepherd who, who takes care of his sheep. And Jesus says you, he'll go and chase down the one and leave the 99. And when I feel like I'm the one, I can trust that you're the good shepherd and you can look after me. And when I'm chasing things or looking for, for my food and sustenance and freedom and joy in other places, this psalm brings me back in such a gentle way to remember I'm a sheep. 
And I need to trust that I have a good shepherd who cares for me, wants what's best for me, wants to give me peace and, and love and hope and joy and all of those things. So help us today. Help us do that. And for those, those of us who are going through um, dark nights and dark valleys right now and shadows of death, I pray that your spirit would help us move towards you and spend some time like the psalmist does um, praying and asking the shepherd to intervene. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Uh, hey guys, we, we love you so much. We miss you. We tell you this every week. We, we say it multiple times in these videos. We, we call you and tell you that. We text you and tell you that. We can't wait to be back together. Uh, we hope that soon, but we also, we don't want to do that too soon. We want everybody to be safe. And so, um, yeah, we, we just miss you guys and um, we'll just keep doing this as, as long as we need to. Um, hey, let us be sent out this morning with Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.